2: I'm Martin Tyler,
1: and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Hope you're good. Hope you're well. Uh, an impromptu edition. I said to you guys that I'd be back later on today if there was any uh, big news to discuss, if there was anything worthwhile talking about. And of course, as is always the case when it comes to Arsenal towards the end of a transfer window, there is plenty for us to sink our teeth into. And we're going to be on this edition talking Jorginho. going to warn you in advance that this is going to be a slightly shorter uh, edition of the podcast I've just got in. um, So yeah, I I need to eat some dinner and I need to kind of chill out a little bit as well before what might end up being a really hectic deadline day uh, for Arsenal tomorrow. Um big hello to everybody in the live chat. Hope you're good. Hope you're well. I think I've already said that. But yeah, I'm just kind of looking at the comments as I speak, and it's thrown me off a little bit. I mean, so many of you are dead against this. Um, Guna Muttley says no, 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 and no. Clock and Seb says no, 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 no. Uh, Alex says, How are we supposed to be good? Um lots of you really unhappy at the fact that Arsenal are being linked with a move. For Chelsea's Jorginho. So let me, for those that maybe aren't up to date, that maybe haven't had a chance to sort of scroll through social media ahead of this one, let me update you with exactly what's going on. So it's been reported this evening that Arsenal are among a number of clubs who are interested in taking Jorginho on uh, from Chelsea. The 31-year-old midfielder is out of contract at Chelsea in the summer, I believe. Um, And a lot of people thought was biding his time waiting for a move back to Italy, but it seems like Arsenal and a number of other clubs, you have to say that as well, are exploring the possibility of uh, of Jorginho uh, arriving at their particular clubs in the event or in the case that he might be able to help them. So I put out a tweet earlier on today. So let me explain um, my sort of stance on this. And I, to be honest with you, right, I don't really care what the popular opinion is. I don't really care if you guys sit here and think that I'm completely wrong in my opinion, I think that this is a platform built on opinion. And so I'm going to share mine and and whether you like it or not, tough, you know, <laughs> I don't expect everybody to agree with me. I don't expect everybody to sit and agree with everything I say. And let me just say that so many of the people that are disagreeing with me now are the same people that told me, um, that I was an idiot for backing Mikel Arteta and now everybody's jumping up and down because we were in a title race, that I was an idiot for saying that there was a player in Granite Xhaka and now they're lording Granite Xhaka week in, week out. So the point I'm trying to make is nobody should be pig-headed enough to think that their opinion is always right, whether you agree with me or not. Okay, I don't think I'm always right and I don't think that other people should think that they're always right. So let's have an open, honest and respectful conversation here um, I know I'm going to get heat for saying this and I know that people are going to disagree with me. And as I say, as long as the disagreement is respectful, I've got no issue with people having a different opinion. But the minute you start trying to push your opinions on people or dismissing other people's opinions, I think that's when you get to the point where you're no longer open-minded, you're no longer educating yourself. Instead, uh, you've got one way of thinking and that's it. And and I want to get this out there because I'm not going to spend the entire stream batting off comments, calling me this and that, because I know this stream is going to bring that. Um, I know this is a really, really divisive topic, but I've got an opinion on it and I'm going to share my opinion. And my opinion is that actually Jorginho wouldn't be the worst signing in the world at this stage. Now, I tweeted earlier on that I would take Jorginho all day long. Obviously, that is in the event that we can't sign Moises Caicedo and in the event that we don't have a better alternative available to us right now because I really do believe it is critical that Arsenal go out and bring in a midfield player. I really do believe that. I think that once um I think that once the transfer window closes we'll probably learn a little bit more about the extent of Mohammed Elneny's injury. I think that that's purposely being kept quiet so that uh, we don't look so desperate in the transfer market. You know, I hope that Thomas Partey's back. Um, and available at the weekend. And if the injury to Thomas Partey is uh, is not serious, which is what we're kind of being led to believe, then I think, you know, whoever we do bring in, if we can't go and bring a Moises Caicedo in, whoever we do bring in, if it's a short-term deal with the right terms, would only be coming in as a backup. And that's an important thing to remember in terms of the context of this conversation that we're having now. So, I'm a massive, massive follower of Italian football, as you guys will know. And I've always struggled with this notion that Jorginho is a rubbish footballer and that he can't move and that he can't pass and that he's the worst thing since God knows what. You know, I've I've, I've always defended him. Um, I think that when Maurizio Sarri came to Chelsea, he had a philosophy and a style and he wanted to play in a certain way. And Jorginho was key to that. And that's why he brought him with him. Did it take him some time uh, to adapt to the Premier League? Yeah, but I think there was a point where Jorginho was seen as one of Chelsea's important players. We're talking about a guy right now who's 31 years old, okay? We're talking about a guy who has uh, won the Champions League, something that we, as a football club, can only dream of at this point. He was the uh, UEFA best player in Europe in 2021. He was the best midfielder, as voted in the Euros, in Euro 2020. He has won the FIFA Club World Cup. He's won an Italian Cup. He's won a Europa League with Chelsea. He came um, with Italy to Wembley and beat England on their own patch to win uh, the European Championships. This guy is no mug, okay? This guy is no mug. This guy has seen it. He's done it. He's achieved it. He's been around the block. And he kind of, in my opinion, would solve half of the problem that we have. So let me explain what I mean. So my issue with Arsenal looking for midfielders is that it's very difficult to find Thomas Partey's. It's very difficult to find midfielders that are equally good defensively as they are in terms of advancing the ball and progressing the ball, which is something that Thomas Partey brings to the team, okay? So you've got, for example... Mohamed Elneny as a replacement. I actually trust Mohamed Elneny uh, to sit in front of a back four and defend to a good level, to a high level. What I don't trust Mohamed Elneny to do is to be press resistant and is to be able to progress the ball and break lines and contribute to our build-up play. So Neni ticks half of the, the, the box, if that makes sense, right? He solves half of the problem. Jorginho, solves the other half of the problem, right? So Jorginho is someone that is very press resistant. He is someone that's incredibly effective at progressing the ball. He is someone that can very much be that midfield metronome. But defensively, I think he's not great. Defensively, I think that's where he falls down. I think a lack of mobility is something that people would point to. Um, and and I think they're probably right to point to that. Um But I think Jorginho solves the other half of the problem that Mohamed Elneny solves. And that's why it it caused me to kind of think about this. Like, he he needs to be someone who's comfortable on the ball. He needs to be someone that's comfortable receiving the ball off of the back four. And it needs to be someone that can turn and that can get, uh, you know, the play moving and get us flowing and get us rolling. That's what Jorginho can do. Now, you can say that he's not very mobile, and I agree with you. You can say that he's not very physical, and I agree with you. But at this stage, we're going into the final day of the transfer window. Most of you that listen to this will probably listen to this, um, you know, on transfer deadline day. At this moment in time, at the time of recording, we haven't really got much else in terms of options because we've tried to get Moises Caicedo. Brighton at the moment just simply aren't budging. Arsenal clearly aren't willing to go as far as Brighton uh, want us to go. So that is not on at the moment. It might change on deadline day. Hopefully it does. I'm not saying that I want Jorginho ahead of Moises Caicedo or ahead of Zubimendi. I'm saying if we're going to end up with jack shit on transfer deadline day, I would rather Jorginho comes in as cover than we do nothing, but only if the terms are right. The terms have to be right. It has to be a short-term deal. You know, if we have to spend a bit of money to get us over the line in terms of the title race, we have to do it. So be it. But you know, if everything seems to to work and fit and Edu and Arteta think that this is the guy or someone that can help us, then I'll back them. I'll support them. They've been brilliant so far. Look at where we are in the Premier League. We sit pretty at the top of the Premier League, OK, with this group, with this squad. You could make the argument that if the right option is not available then we shouldn't do anything in terms of midfield. We should make do with what we got. We should tweak it around a little bit. Maybe you could use Zinchenko. Maybe you could use Xhaka there, whatever, um, in the event that Partey is unavailable. If, if that's your opinion, I'm absolutely fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that. I really am. But Arsenal clearly feel that they need a midfielder, which tells me that the Mohamed Nenny injury is a lot more serious uh, than is being kind of spoken about right now. And if they think he's the right guy, if they think he can help us in some way, shape or form, I trust them. I trust them. I do. I trust them. I think Arsenal's defensive strength this season, right, is not been solely down to Thomas Partey sitting in defensive midfield. I'm not taking anything away from him before people try and say that that's what I'm doing. He is a fantastic defensive midfielder. He's, in my opinion, he's the best in the league in his position which means if this is the best league in the world, he's one of the best in the world because he's such an all rounder. He really, really is. But Arsenal's strength in that central area is in the collective. It's in the core. And when I talk about the core, I talk about the fact that Saliba and uh, Gabriel push right up to the halfway line. The distance between them and Thomas Partey very often is minimal. That's really important. Ben White is able to tuck in from the right hand side and, You see Zinchenko tuck into midfield as well. So, what Arsenal have kind of been prepared to do, and it's part of their tactics, it's part of their strategy, is to be strong in the core, be strong defensively in central areas, and essentially force opponents to go out wide, giving us time to shift across to get people back behind the ball. That's how you defend. You always defend the middle first. That's the most important part of the pitch in terms of what you need to be defending. Okay, so. The strength is in the core. It's in the collective. Thomas Partey contributes hugely to that, but it's not solely down to him. Jorginho would not be exposed, in my opinion, with Gabriel Saliba behind him, a Ben White tucked in alongside him, and a Zinchenko doing the same from the other side. He would be nowhere near as exposed as he has been in some teams that he's played in in recent years at Chelsea. Okay, Again, look, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, my God, make sure you go and break the bank. Make sure you go and get this guy. But if we're not going to get anyone else, I would take him. I really would. I'd take him every day of the week because I think he brings some qualities and some experience to this side that we could do with in that particular area. If we were talking about any other position, I'd say no, 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 no. But Jorginho is better than El Neni. He's better than Lokonga in his current state. Um, That's not being disrespectful to those two players. You know, they're Arsenal players, I'll always support them, but the truth is that they're not at the level that we need them to be. If they were, nobody would be panicking this month and nobody would be stressing and nobody would be having meltdowns on social media about the fact that we're not going to land at the time of recording, it seems, Moises Caicedo. So, you know, I just think that what happens with Jorginho is that he he gets talked about as this absolute... I, I saw... Um, You know, I saw tweets to the effect of, you know, waste of space, this and that. Waste of space. He's won the one trophy that we've never been able to win. The one trophy that we're all desperate to see Arsenal win. He turned up at Wembley with an Italian side and beat England on their own patch to win the European Championships. I didn't see anybody laughing at him then. I didn't see anybody laughing at him when he was talked about as a Ballon d'Or contender. I didn't see anybody laughing about him when he was, um, you know, when he was named uh, the best midfielder of Euro 2020. The point here is that we don't have many options at this stage. So if you feel that actually it's better Arsenal don't sign anyone in that case, then I'm fine with that. I think that's a really valid opinion to have. If you think that Jorginho is the wrong person and not the answer, I think that's also a, a valid opinion to have. What I can't deal with is people pretending that their word is the word of God or something, and that if they say it's a bad idea, well, then it must be a bad idea. And there's no opportunity uh, for anybody to put the alternative point of view across. And it just makes you automatically an idiot if you've got a different opinion. Because this is a guy who has got the CV that some of our players would dream of having. This guy has got the CV of of an experienced operator and that might help us now again if the today's episode is sponsored by nerd wallet's smart money podcast nerd wallets trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world helping you make smarter decisions with your money the nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bills so i don't dread april every year producing a balanced budget not just for football and saving on travel because spending less on airfares means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favourite podcast app. Future you will thank you the figures don't work if the nature of the deal doesn't make sense then fine I'm cool with walking away from it but this is not the disaster that some people want to portray it as this is not the disaster that some people want to make it out to be and I don't really know why there is that kind of feeling towards Jorginho first of all people that watched Jorginho when he first came to Chelsea and wrote him off were talking absolute nonsense then he Improve well he's settled in essentially and proved them all wrong there's been changes of management he hasn't been the flavor of the month and he's found himself by the wayside fine all good but we're talking about bringing in a backup here we're not talking about bringing in Jorginho to play instead of Thomas Partey we are asking the question is Jorginho a better option than Sambi Lekonga in the sixth role and the answer to that is yes because Mohamed injured. Right? that's that's the truth of it. I'm not, I'm not asking the question, is Jorginho as good as Thomas Partey? Is Jorginho better than Thomas Partey? The question you have to ask yourself is, is Jorginho a better option in the number six position, so the deepest line midfield position, than Sambi Lekonga? In my opinion, he is. His CV says he is. I think a lot of people would say that he is outside of the Arsenal fan base. But the problem is here is that, first of all, we've got this whole, you know, well, you know, we've signed loads of Chelsea rejects, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's no way that we can go on and sign Jorginho. What what, connect, what connection does Jorginho have to the Chelsea rejects that we've signed in the past in terms of, you know, how is it his fault? You know, how is it his fault that William came here and it didn't work? How is it his fault that some people didn't like the signing of David Luiz? How is it his fault that when Petr Cech came in, um, you know, we saw uh, good signs, but in the end, he kind of faded away as his career faded away. Why is that relevant when discussing Jorginho? It's like, oh, look at Arsenal shopping for Chelsea's pensioners again. No, Arsenal are in the last day of the transfer window, haven't got the midfielder that they want. And are looking at short-term fixes to a problem that they have because they believe that if they can fix that, if they can plug that hole, they stand a better chance of winning the Premier League. At what point are Arsenal fans going to look at the job that Mikel Arteta and Edu have done and say, do you know what, guys? Maybe I don't agree with it. Maybe it's not what I would do, but I trust them. I trust them. I trust them to go out and do what's right. Why do fans always think they know more? You know, and we're all guilty of it, but sometimes we have to take a step back and look at the situation and say there must be a reason. They must feel that this guy is somebody that um, that would, would help, that would add something in comparison to the options that we already have. And again, focus on the fact that this is about comparing him to the options we have and not about comparing him to other top elite uh, sort of defensive midfielders or deep line midfield players. As I said right at the top of the show, for me, Jorginho can progress the ball. He can receive the ball under pressure, um, which is part of the role that uh, Thomas Partey is asked to do. Can he do all of it? No, because he's not as good as Thomas Partey, nowhere near. But he fixes some of those issues. And so for me, it's not the worst option in the world. And if it's him or nothing, I'll take him. I really, really would. And you can see it from the chat. You can see it from the chat. Not a single person in the chat that is disagreeing with me or that is, um, you know, is uh, is opposed to this. is actually giving me a, a good reason. Like, tell me. Tell me why it is that you think Jorginho would be the worst signing in the world. Um, talk to me about why it would be a problem. Talk to me about why he doesn't fit into the system. Put educated comments across let's have a discussion let's have a debate about it let's do that instead it's oh he's this he's that name calling all of that nonsense it's absolute dross and if there's no substance to your opinion then maybe you should look and look in the mirror and think about where that opinion is actually coming from is it your actual opinion do you actually have reasons for having that opinion Or have you just seen the Twitter meltdown and decided to jump on the social media narrative? I mean, look, we're Arsenal fans. The season's going brilliantly. We're top of the Premier League, sitting pretty. What would we do as Arsenal fans if we had nothing to moan about and nothing to complain about? It is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. Jay Dime says, bro, there's a million reasons. Tell me one then. Type down one. Type down one good reason and I will read it out because I've got no problem with entertaining and taking on the opposing opinion to mine. I've got no issue with that. I just can't understand why we want to have infighting as Arsenal fans now, why some people go, oh, yeah, this is a great idea. Others will be like, oh, no, this is a nonsense idea. Why can't everybody just take on board the points that the other side is making and sit back and say, "What? see what happens? Because at the, at the end of the day, um, where is it? Hold on uh where somebody said i'm choosing to ignore the good reasons i haven't seen one in the chat yet show me one uh not g put one down and i'll highlight it i have favorited you i'll find it straight away let's see what you got let's see what people have got but i mean it's like oh well the season's gone so well we've got nothing to moan about we have to have a moan about something at what point Will we just sit back and trust them and sit back and, and just see how this plays out? We may not even end up with Jorginho, right? We may not even end up signing the player. Yet people would choose to spend their Monday night whinging about it um, on social media. It drives me absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, Let's see. Uh, not G says his CV means absolutely nothing. That's the past who he is, is it's all about who he is as a player now. Yeah? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. You know, his CV doesn't tell the full story about who he is now, but it does show that he's won titles. It does show that he's been in pressured situations. It does show that he can handle those pressured situations. And if we want to go on and win a Premier League title, we are going to be in pressure situations. So is his experience... Irrelevant to us? No, I don't think so. I think it has relevance to us. I think it is something that he could potentially help us with. Um, You know, as for people saying it's a panic buy, all of that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, of course, it's the day before the window. What do you expect? But for Arsenal to be panicking, for Arsenal to veer away from being very strategic in their buying, uh, as they have been in the last couple of years, to press the panic button at the end of the window it really does mean that they are in a panic and they feel like they really need to address this position. And again, I'll go back to what I said right at the start. This would not be my first choice. If you asked me at the start of the window to name you five midfielders that I would have signed, he wouldn't have been on the list. Okay, but Arsenal are looking to bring in a backup deep-lying midfield player in the event that they lose Thomas Partey. And they've been made aware that he could be available and they are exploring that. If they do it, they do it. It doesn't really matter what you guys say in the chat. If Arsenal want to do it, they're going to do it equally. When I said that, you know, Mikhailo Mudrik wasn't worth the money that Shakhtar were asking. I didn't feel that that was a sensible use of funds. And I say the same about Kaiseido. If Arsenal go out and do it, they'll go out and do it. If that's what Arsenal want to do, they will do it because what I say, what you say, does not mean? Uh, doesn't make the slightest bit of difference. It really doesn't. Let's um just quickly check in on Twitter. Has anything changed uh, while we've been um while we've been discussing that? Here we go. Uh, Fabrizio Romano has just tweeted at the time of recording. Mikel is understood to be a fan of Jorginho and appreciates his skills. This is why he's a concrete name. Uh, for the final few hours for Arsenal, but Chelsea want a significant fee. Well, if the fee is too much, then you walk away. Simple as that. Simple as that. Okay, but if this is doable, then Mikel Arteta wants it. You've seen it there straight from the transfer king's mouth or fingers. (laughs) So are we now all going to turn on Mikel Arteta? Are we all going to start having a go at Mikel Arteta now? Is that what we're going to do? Are we going to dismiss all the great work he's done? Are we going to dismiss the fact that Arsenal are sitting top of the Premier League because of Mikel Arteta's management and say actually he doesn't have a bloody clue uh, what he's doing? So you know, let, let's get him out as well. You know, let's let's rip his contract up. Do you see what I'm trying to say about why I can't? I just can't understand why people have to be so outraged about something that A hasn't happened yet, and B if it does happen it will be decided by someone who's much more educated about the game than any of us will ever be. So, yeah, let's see. Let's see. Uh, lots of people. Um, hold on a second. Uh, magnificent Jafar says, Harry, the question is not if he's better than the Conga. The question is, is he a better option to bring on if Partey is injured if he's not in your top five players? Why do you rate him uh, as an Arsenal signing? I'm not even saying that he would be my choice. I'm simply saying that Arsenal need a deep-lying midfield player. That's why they're panicking at the end of the transfer window. Okay, I've explained already that I think Mohamed Oneni's injury is a problem. It's something they're obviously concerned about. That's what I believe has forced them into the market in January for a midfielder. And I think actually they'll probably be quite happy to let it go with what they had. Um, This is a solution that they might look at and think is a better solution than the ones they have internally available. And um, and if they decide to do it, then they decide to do it. And as I keep saying, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think either. But the point I'm trying to make here is that this narrative around Jorginho, honestly, is embarrassing. It is really embarrassing. The guy's gone on and won trophies that we can only dream of. The guy's a European champion. Uh, the guy's achieved so much in the game. He didn't achieve that because he's shit. He didn't achieve that because he's useless stylistically he's a little bit different to what the Premier League fan uh, likes to see in a midfielder but that's that if Mikel Arteta thinks it can work and thinks he can fit into his system then I trust that and I trust in that more than I trust some people in a YouTube um, chat box that seemingly only want to be outraged there's a lot of sensible comments in that chat box there really is but they're lost in the nonsense because people are having a go and 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 sort of calling names and, you know, all that nonsense. Listen, if you want, um, if you don't want Jorginho, fine. But as I keep saying, it doesn't really matter. Um, It doesn't really matter what we think, what I think, what you think. Because if Arsenal believe that's the right thing, KSE are going to back their manager, the manager that's got them to this point, the manager that's got them sitting pretty at the top of the Premier League, and the manager that has brought Arsenal football club back to life again, that's who they're going to back. That's who they're going to support. And, and that's that. Probably a good place to leave it. Um, let me take, uh, there's a super chat here from Billy Kilgallen. He says Arteta, is a, uh, Arteta has my trust. He's earned it from me. I think he's earned all of our trust. And I think, yeah, there will be decisions along the way that we don't agree with. Um, and some of them will work out, some of them won't. That's the nature of football. I remember um, numerous transfers that Mikel Arteta and his team were involved in that you know, we we sort of raised eyebrows. Like, Do you remember the reaction when we signed Aaron Ramsdale? Do you remember that? And look how that's turned out. And with Jorginho, we're not talking about someone that we're going to invest in for the long term. We're talking about someone to simply come in as a backup to plug a hole in a squad, not even a hole in a first 11, but a hole in a squad to help us through while we are without El Nenny, while we are without... Um, or if we are without Thomas Partey at any point. Uh, The Croc14 says, please put up a poll. I should have done it at the start, mate. I apologize, but I am going to leave it there. It is 10 p.m. I haven't had my dinner yet. Um, I'm absolutely shattered. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in. Even if I disagree with half of the chat, that's fine. I know half of you disagree with me. Um, All good. Good to see so many of you with us. Uh, Over 750 of you with us live at the moment, which is pretty incredible. Um, If you don't want Arsenal to sign Jorginho, hit the like button. Uh, if you do want to ask them to sign your genius, well also hit the like button as well. Subscribe to the channel if you are new, it really really does help uh, as we continue to grow and also if you haven't done so already uh, then please do uh, subscribe to my new YouTube channel uh, which is kicking off uh, in the next few days. The link is in the description below. I wanted to try and get to 1,000 subscribers ASAP, which is amazing because we haven't even put a video up yet Um, that if we can get that uh, to 1,000 sooner rather than later, I'll be so delighted. Thank you all so so much for listening. Even if you disagree, it's all good. Uh, I will see you all tomorrow for Transfer Deadline Day. Looks like it has the potential to be a busy one for us. I'll catch you all soon. Goodbye. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon.